Have you ever left a meeting feeling like, did they hear what I just said or was trying to say? Did I get my point across? Could I have said it differently? Self-doubt is very common among a lot of women in this industry and actually worldwide, and it can haunt you and drive you crazy. If this resonates with you, even in the slightest bit, tune in as we discuss three common mistakes women can make when trying to be heard and how to avoid them and ultimately achieve the results you desire. You are listening to the Girls of Grit podcast, hosted by Annalisa Rhodes and Cynthia Facera, bringing you over 20 years' experience as top performers, top earners, and leaders. Grounded in grit, our mission is to be ambassadors for professional women in the medical device sales industry, helping them tap into their potential, magnify their mindset, and escalate their careers by providing real-world, everyday scenarios, struggles, and solutions. Welcome to the Girls of Grit podcast. It's time to dig in. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Cindy. Welcome to another episode of the Girls of Grit. Yay! I know today we are discussing a very important topic for all women, no matter where they are in the working world. So you and I have identified three common mistakes women make in speaking and when they're trying to get their point across. And this is based on our experiences and those we've witnessed of other women. Our intent today is to help you become aware of these three things and make small changes if needed to your everyday conversation. So this can help improve the way you are heard and perceived to truly make an impact. Because let's be honest, like what's the point in talking if your audience doesn't receive your message? And when I say audience, I don't mean could be an audience, but this could be one person. It could be 10 people, could be a hundred, it could be a thousand. But I think if you really set yourself up to control how you speak, will give you a better return in your audience listening to you in the long run. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more, Cindy. And I'm really excited to talk about this today. And What's interesting um, and kind of funny is this topic actually came up when I received a call from one of my colleagues, I don't know, a couple months back, and we were just chatting about my book that I had recently published, and he was giving me kudos on that, which I'm very thankful for. And then he kind of chastised me and said, I can't believe you didn't add a chapter on women being heard. And I thought, what do you mean? And so he told me a story about one of his fellow coworkers. And, you know, it resonates with me and with you and that she's extremely smart. I mean, brilliant. She has her PhD in biophysics. I mean, she's been on multiple boards of companies. And he basically was telling me that every time she gets up to present, she doesn't talk loud. She talks really quietly. Yeah. And so nobody hears her. (laughs) And so instead of them saying, hey, and I think they probably do say, hey, speak up. But instead of them hearing what she's trying to get across, they just kind of ignore it. And then to make matters worse, a couple of her male counterparts have actually taken what she said, repeated it, and received the credit for it. So, oh, no way. So I know. PhD just, in biophysics has the knowledge. She's trying to get it across. And so 
they're saying they never heard her say it. Right. Exactly. So how sad is that? And that's just, and it makes you crazy, right? It makes you like, you're not listening to me. So, (laughs) you know, I think this is such a good episode um, to really dive deep into some of the things that you and I discussed are really important when you are speaking to your customers, to your colleagues, to your, um, you know, your managers or or CEO or whoever it is um, you want to be heard. So there are three things that we decided to concentrate on today. And those three things, number one is the volume, your volume and being heard, timing, what's the right time to say it, and delivery, um, how how is the message delivered? So those are the three things that we're going to concentrate on today. And I think um, we'll kick it off, obviously, with number one, which is volume. And Cindy, I know that you said you had a story you wanted to talk about with regards to volume. So I'm interested to hear it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, interestingly, I, I learned kind of the hard way how your your voice is really a vehicle to being heard. And um, I a couple of years ago experienced uh, nodules on my vocal cords. So they're just what? like calluses. I know, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's like, wow. Okay. That's really scary, especially for singers. I mean, that's like your worst nightmare. How the heck did that happen? So um, it all started back to my college days when I would scream too loud at football games and lose my voice every weekend <laughs> Oh yeah. and yeah. learned that I was one of these people that tends to talk from the top of my vocal cords and strains to talk. So um, fast forward many years, it got really bad. And the, the day that I realized how bad it was, was when I, this was years ago before you could do everything online was I tried to pick up the phone and, and order a pizza. Well, they could not hear Mm -hmm. what I was saying. And it was Mm -hmm. at that moment that I thought, oh my gosh, I need my voice. Like I need her to hear me because I want to order a pizza. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) kind of scary. And I feel like the story that you just said about your, your friend who couldn't hear his partner, like, Okay, she was saying something very important. I was saying something I thought was important to me getting a pizza, but I literally could not get the sound out. Wow. And so um yes, I did I did recover. Sometimes you'll hear my voice scratchy, but no, I was given two options actually. Um, one was to not talk for a couple of weeks to see if they resolve themselves or have surgery where then you can't speak for three Yikes. weeks. And if you do, you could permanently damage your vocal. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that's super scary. I would opt for the silence, even though I don't even know how you do that, but I would opt just for silence. (laughs) It worked. And you know, um, actually this is something that I think you could probably help me with. When I had all these issues with my voice, I had to go to a speech therapist and learn how to speak from my diaphragm. Mm -hmm. But you being a previous opera singer, you understand that. So what can you tell me about making my voice heard, how to resonate? when I'm, when I'm trying to pronounce something. Yes, sure. So, I mean, definitely from where you, where you have your sound, you really want it to come from your diaphragm and and your belly, not from your throat. Right. So it's projected more and it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're in an OR, you're in a conference room or you're in, you know, a party uh, where there's lots of noise everywhere. You want to be able to project your voice out. So I think coming from your belly and your diaphragm is really important. And, you know, you, you can also, like you were mentioning, you can be too loud. I mean, you don't, it's not screaming. It's just, you make sure that you're pronouncing your words and you're saying them with pronunciation. And if there's like a, 
a time when somebody really needs to hear you, maybe it's during a case and something's not going well, you need to, you need to speak up and you need to maybe slow down even a little in what you're saying so that they can understand you um, as you're speaking. Because depending on what you're talking about, especially if it's over somebody's head, they're not going to hear half of what you say. So um, you mentioned, you know, um, we, we talked about how you get your, your voice to project into sound. So in this situation, you mentioned, we've got somebody who speaks very softly. Mm-hmm. And so how does she know that people aren't listening to her? Great question. For me, I would say, are they looking at you? Are they listening or are they just kind of dozing off or, you know, dazing? And nowadays, are they looking at their phones? Are they, are they, are they doing something else while you're talking, while you're presenting, while you're, whatever you're doing, are they doing something else? Because obviously they're not engaged if they're not paying attention to you, meeting your eyes, nodding their head, you know, maybe even asking a question or two, then, you know, they're engaged. If they're not doing any of that, you probably have lost your audience. And, you know, something else that I meant to mention is a lot of times, and I'm sure you go through this. Mm -hmm. I'll say something to my husband and he doesn't even hear me. It's like, he tunes me out. It's like, hello. So it's funny because I was researching this a little bit and men typically hear in one and a half or two octaves. And it's usually within their range. It's not within the women's range. And if you think about a woman's voice, it's usually higher pitched. Um, It has a little bit of an intonation to it. You know, we put emphasis on different words. Well, men don't really hear that. And so I've found that when I am speaking in general in a tense situation or when I want to get people's attention, I keep my voice in a certain octave that I know both men and women will hear. I speak slower and I pronunciate the words that I think are greatly important so that I make an impact. And when I pronunciate, I look at them in the eyes. So I think that's pretty amazing. You said men have how many octaves? One and a half to two. That's what how they many, typically hear. How many do women have? Oh, like seven, <laughs> eight, depending. Okay. With a singer, you can have 10. So, you know, you can have a lot. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So if they're used to, I'm just going to number them. They're used to octaves one and two, and we're speaking in seven, eight. They're just going to hear la, 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 la. Yep. That's yeah. And I think that's what happens a lot of the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had no idea. There was so much to volume. You can either talk too soft, too loud, but I love thinking about who your audience is, you know, paying attention to, are you speaking to all men? And then this may be where, okay. I'm going to have to speak in lower octave for me. Sometimes I have to remember to speak more from my diaphragm and not my throat (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I can be heard. And so I think I find that very, very interesting. You know, do you feel that the same reaction to people talking too softly where they don't hear? Do you think if somebody talks too loud, they don't hear it either? Yeah, I do. I think you tune it out. I mean, it's almost you want to if somebody's really yelling, you almost want to plug your ears, but yes, you tune it out either way. It's not referencing in your brain. So (laughs) you got to find that sweet spot. And I honestly, I mean, maybe it's that you stand in front of a mirror and you talk in different levels and say, or ask someone, can you hear me? Am I talking too loud? Is this the right tone? You know, what are you hearing? 
So I think it takes a little bit of practice, but you also have to know yourself and what you're comfortable with. Well, that's funny because growing up, I'm the, I'm the middle child and I think I always wanted to be heard. And my parents used to say, Sandy, I'm right here. Why are you speaking so loud? And I'm like, I don't know. Why am I speaking so loud? Because I am. Because <laughs> I want to so... be heard and I'm the middle child, right? <laughs> no, it's so it's, yeah, it's our intent. I know, but I know. In all honesty, in our jobs, I may go into a knower. I have to be aware that I do speak loudly. Just That's just my baseline. So I think self-awareness as to... Oh. Are you a soft talker? Are you a loud talker? And what do you need to do in the environment you're in to make this where if you need to get a message across, somebody's going to hear you and not tune you out? So you're actually talking. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's huge. I think it's huge. And and knowing that, you know, I also want to say you know, volume being one of the biggest mistakes that you can make, it's, it's, it's very easy to correct. You know, yes. if you're aware of how you speak, what is the best way to be heard? And then paying attention to the cues around you. Do they mm-hmm. look forward? Are they leaning in because they can't hear you? Was one ear gone forward? Are they stepping back or giving you a right. face? Like, Why are you yelling? Very much situational awareness. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it's that's actually part of number two, which is timing is being aware, being situationally aware of what's happening at the time, right? Is, is it a board meeting that everybody's attention is on you and you are, you are talking or is it in the middle of a case or is it at a a conference somewhere where you're with a lot of other people and, you know, they hear you're talking and then someone else interrupts and now they can't hear you. You know, that makes me think that you have to, um, start with your eyes. Okay. So you've got to look first before you speak. So like, that just made me think of, let's say I have to tell my husband something very important. Maybe it's like, oh my gosh, there's this financial something that we we have to go through. And I walk in the room and he's in the recliner with his feet up and he's got the football (laughs) game on. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's in the fourth quarter. There's a minute, 30 seconds less. Is this the time to ask him about a finance question? Oh, that's really good of you to actually be aware. I'd be like turning the TV off. You're going to listen to me now. <laughs> yeah, that's I'd, so true. Yeah. So if you can scan the area, take a look and and just kind of, you know, observe the environment you're in to know when you're ready to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got to tell you the story. So this was, oh my gosh, it's been a little while, but um, I was at a, a, a pretty much a national conference. I was at a meeting where there were many people from different industries and we were at separate, like different tables. And I had some doctors talking to us about, it was actually about our product. And it was, it was kind of a, um, I wouldn't say like important, but a very in, in-depth focused conversation. Mm-hmm. And we had a female from another company kind of jump in and just interject and say something. And there was maybe three other doctors standing next to me speaking. And one kind of looked like that was, you know, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, it was a little odd. What, what did she say? But then we just kind of brushed it off and then continued on our conversation. Well, she did it again. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know. I don't even, here's the other thing. I don't know what she said, but I know that it got to the point where he said, let's go over here and finish our conversation. So she may have even heard what we were saying and had something to add, but the way she jumped in and interrupted completely was like null and void for anything she said. Her timing was so off that nobody wanted to listen to her. Yeah, Have that's you ever terrible. experienced that? 
Yes, that's terrible. And honestly, <laughs> I can say that sometimes I have such an agenda in my head for what I'm going to get across to someone, whether we're having a dinner meeting or a lunch or just, you know, prior to scrubbing into a case with a physician, I'm not scrubbing in, but he is, um, I have an agenda that I have this point, this point, and this point, I'm going to get it across no matter what. <laughs> and it's like, slow your roll, Lisa, because you know, they're, they may be thinking about a million other things, or maybe they just want to talk about their family or their weekend versus jump right into whatever my agenda is, which is getting the sale or making sure they heard my points. You know, that's also being very situationally aware of not just what's going on around you, but inside of yourself. And that where is- are you in your own head? And, and, you know, yes, if, if it is something to do with the patient or a case at hand, then, and you need to discuss it with them at some point, yes, you better do that. But if you're at a lunch or a dinner meeting and they want to talk about their hunting trip that they just went on, let them talk about their hunting trip, you know, because that's where they need to go first before you talk about, Hey, let's talk about this new product we just released or whatever it is. So I think that, you know, we have to make sure we're checking ourselves and that we're in the right mind frame as well, because that'll just come across as being too pushy and your agenda and intent is going to be completely lost and probably they're going to be turned off. by Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, something you just said um, made me think about, let's say you in, you are in an operating room and you're discussing, you know, the situation that, you know, that you are currently in the patient and the surgery that you're doing. And you may be there for a couple hours and you may be thinking, wow, there's something I need to ask about next week. But honestly, when you just said checking in, you know, it's, it's situational awareness. You can always say, Hey, is this a good time to ask you about something we want to talk about? Or do you want to talk about this, you know, a couple hours from now, you know, and I think that asking permission sometimes will, is one of the best things that you can do. So, um, you know, and and I, and I'm really glad we discussed this today because I really think that anybody listening today to just, you know, take an extra, um, just, just soak in where, where are we today? What Mm -hmm. am I doing today? Mm -hmm. And, and think, think before you speak. Right. Yeah. And there's no reason there's no, you should be able to ask, you know, Hey, is this an okay time? Don't be embarrassed by doing that. I mean, you know, depending on what's going on in their day, if you're, if you're interrupting, maybe they're in the middle of a case. I mean, that's absolutely the time. In fact, I would say I probably, I usually will ask the circulating nurse or the head nurse, Hey, this is a good time to ask them a question. You know, if you have a burning question that you have to discuss with them, it's, it's better to ask somebody in the room because they've been in the room. They can read the room better, you know, that kind of thing versus just burst in. I mean, shoot, maybe he's just about ready to do a bypass on, you know, coronary artery or something. So, um, I definitely yeah. think, you know, being like you mentioned, asking permission, is it okay? Is this an okay time? And you know what? Everybody appreciates that, not just our customers. I think everybody does because that means you're putting their needs first, you know, before your own, which is really important. Right. So ask your husband, is this an okay time or should we wait till the football game is <laughs> yeah, over? Except the husbands. Maybe we don't ask them. <laughs> We just tell him, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, well, I, mine's like rolling his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, I think that's great. You know, volume and timing really are two important things in in just everyday conversation to be aware of. And, you know, the third one where we see people make mistakes is in delivery. And, Uh, you know, I, if I think about delivery of speech, I don't think just in one sentence, I think, you know, you have to think about it in, in like three different ways. I think delivery can be the tone. It can be the speed in which you're talking as well as the emphasis in, in certain words or, or areas. So, you know, um, in, I think in a, a sentence comes to mind, or I should say a very common phrase when I think of delivery is it's not what you say is how you say it. And, and I think that ties into the tone phase. So like, if I said to you, the sky is blue, or if I said the sky is blue, you know, you're like, did you question? Did you state? Right. And I could say the sky is blue. (laughs) I sound happy, you know, something as simple as that, a tone. That's awesome. Very different, you know, different perspective to anybody listening. Yeah. In fact, I mean, you're making me think of, this is something, I don't know. You probably don't struggle from this, Cindy, because you're so kind, but, um, I, I worry, and I'm just going to say it that sometimes I come off as a bitch you know, I don't mean to, but I mean, I know I, I, so funny story. Um, in fact, I just saw him not that long ago, a fellow of mine, gosh, I don't even know. I can't remember when he was a fellow, but I just saw him in practice. Um, I ran into him in the hospital and he was like, Lisa, I'm still scared of you. And I'm like, what? And he goes, it's because of when you yelled at me, when I was doing my very first case with you, you told me, no, you better stop. And I just, oh, Cindy, I about died. I was like, I remember that day. I was like, did I, did I come across as a bitch? And he's like, sort of, yeah, you did. But he goes, but your point got made. He goes, I definitely didn't do what you told me not to do. So, you know, and he remembered it. So obviously it made an impression, which is, uh, it's terrible. I'm shaking my head, but, um, but you know, I do, I do worry about that. And, and obviously I'm not a bitch, but I do get very, I think I struggle with the assertiveness versus, you know, coming across too harsh. So, is there a way to maybe balance that or can you stop it? Or do you have any advice? Because it's something I actually struggle with. Well, you know, I think there's two parts to that is one is, you know, we are who we are, you know, you're, you're born a certain way, you speak a certain way. And I think that if this is something that you are, you know, aware of number one, if it happens, I think it's, it's okay to immediately address it. If you are in the moment where you say, no, don't do that. Okay. That's a moment of urgency. Okay. So there's a reason you need to speak up and you can follow the next sentence and say, I don't mean to come off harsh. If I sounded that way, I apologize. I just really need to emphasize the urgency of this. And you know, when you, when you work with people day in and day out, they get to know, okay, that's her personality. She really doesn't mean it. It's those who never have met you that might think that, you know, so for those who know you, I think it's great to follow up with just um, clarifying. But then on the other hand is, you know, um, when you're about to say something, then maybe just think to not to make sure your tone, and this is where the tone comes in. You can say, no, we don't need to do that. Instead of just maybe not saying it so loudly or Mm -hmm. emphasize it so much. So I think that that is important. And um, so I think that's, 
that's something to think about. And, you know, you kind of mentioned this before. It's something you can practice. You can, you can look in a mirror and say, how else could I say this same thing in a different way? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and I like the follow-up of, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come across so harshly. It's just really important that you do not do this or you do do that. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that's a good point. I probably need to do that a little more often, to be honest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, I think that's all good. I think so the, that's tone for talk about delivery, but speed. Okay. I'm only oh. laughing. So I was raised up North and I moved to the South. Uh-huh. So I can't the tell Southern you. way, the Southern way. How many situations I've been in where people will say, I, I don't know what you're saying. You're talking too fast. You have to slow down. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why do you not understand me? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, especially if I'm going into a presentation, it is practice, practice, practice. I do have to practice to speak slower, pause, emphasize words, because, you know, People say that if you're in a state of like nervousness or high pressure, you fall back on, on what you're most comfortable with. So that's true. I'll fall back into speaking really, 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 really fast. And I have to remember, stop and speak a little slower. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great point. Um, it's, it's interesting because I, I gave a presentation, um, on my book, actually, this was last year. And it's the first time I've had a speaking engagement like this. I was speaking to a, I don't know, a room of women, I think a hundred or so women, and it was all about my book. And so it was something new, right? I mean, it's brand new for me to talk mm-hmm. about my book. And so I had I this speech all laid out and I was practicing it. And Billy's like, you got to slow down. He's like, you are literally like motor mouthing this thing. And I'm like, what? No, no, I'm not. It's like, Lisa, I didn't catch half of what you just said. So you're right. You do have to slow it down, pronunciate what you're trying to get across and yeah. And be aware of who you're talking to. I mean, for us in the South, we do operate at a little bit slower of pace. Not that that's bad or a good thing. It's just the way that it is. And, you know, I have done, you know, in services with groups of people where sometimes I either get excited or I know that we're crunched for time, but I've actually said, Hey, if I'm speaking too fast, please stop me. And I will speak again. Good for you. Self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I, so for delivery, tone, speed, and then emphasis on the words, I think that we kind of just covered that a little bit before with when you're really trying to get your point across and just emphasizing something where you can even emphasize one word in a sentence mm-hmm. and it can make all the different, all the difference, you know, um, like, you know, if you're in an OR and you're going to say, um, you know, no, we need to do this or stop. Yeah. Let's go to this next. Yeah. And then, you know, but it's like, they need to know this is the attention where they absolutely need to hear you. Not like the situation we talked at the beginning of this, where the one coworker never even really hears what she says. There's times right. where you need to emphasize that they do listen. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you, Cindy. You're, you're right. Delivery is really important. Difference between emphasizing and yelling. (laughs) Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yeah. So I think these three things were fantastic, um, to bring up, to discuss. I think we could probably talk a lot more about delivery, a lot more about other things, but, you know, as you and I talked about, these are, these are some of the easier things to be aware of and, to practice at home. 
Um, and, and to maybe just ask, you know, that significant other or a counterpart, Hey, did you hear what I said? Did I say it the right way? Did it come across too harshly? You know, just to give yourself that confidence. Right. And I think the three things we talked about today, volume, timing, and delivery could be part of your day. You know, what is on your calendar for the day? Do you have engagements that require speaking? I mean, this could be on the phone. It can be zoom. It can be in person. You know, do you have a, um, a small presentation today is important, whatever you're trying to communicate, you know, to move forward on a project, get agreement on something, simple conversations are needed every day. So paying attention to these three areas may help you improve if you're looking to, you know, excel in your job today, if you're going for a promotion. So, you know, think back, sit back, think, you know, where can I apply what we just discussed today? Yeah, I agree with you. And in the next episode of The Girls of Grit, we are actually going to dive a little deeper and talk a little bit more about some of this stuff, but also having that confidence in your everyday conversations and where does that come from? And we'll talk maybe some about uh, body posture, um, the way you hold yourself, uh, and some other things that give you that great confidence. So tune in next time for another great episode of the Girls of Grit. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Lisa. Bye, Cindy. Bye. All you need is a little bit of grit to be your best today and build for tomorrow. So dig in and find us on Instagram at the Girls of Grit, our website, thegirlsofgrit.com, and LinkedIn, the Girls of Grit.